Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, it's almost the first week of July, which means it is grass court tennis season. Wimbledon kicked off today. It was a fantastic start to the match. Uh, to the tournament, the, for, the Fortnite, uh, for lack Fortnite. of a better word. And uh, I want to talk a little bit of tennis. We don't get to talk enough tennis for my liking. And so uh, reach out to one of our friends in the Advantage gambling community who knows his tennis inside and out. Lo- great background and lots of interesting stories, I'm sure, uh, having bet tennis for many years. First ever time to the deep dive. Welcome, Mr. Joey Isaacs. Thank you guys for having me. Longtime listener, first time guest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's get kind of give people a sense of where you're coming from background-wise. I know you're a Southern California guy. Um, you know, pro- probably uh, uh, s- sad like we are that there wasn't an Indian Wells this year. Maybe we'll get it this fall. Um, but, uh, you know, your role in the sports betting space, you're kind of like a jack of all trades, right? We've talked to some originators. We've talked to some movers. We've talked to some, you know, some guys who set up, uh, you know, professional betting, you know, relationships and agreements, partnerships and stuff. You're kind of a guy that wears all the hats. Is that about right? Yeah, I've probably done everything you can do besides work legally at a sports book in Las Vegas. But besides that, I think I've worn every single hat you can wear. Some of them won't be talked about, obviously, but uh, you can infer, I think. Some of them hypothetically, yeah. Yes, exactly. But yeah, some, it's it's implied. <laughs> it's implied. But yeah, you know, I've been doing this for, for how old am I now? 35. I've been doing this for like 13 years as a major source of income, I guess you can say. Professional. I love this. Yeah. I love and it. And if you're if you're hoping for like a Wimbledon preview, first off, we're ha- we're, we're through day one anyway, or the first part of day one. And like you, you can find plenty of those. We'll probably talk a little bit about it at the end if you have some thoughts, but more process stuff. And, and that's, that's, I guess my question would be 13 years ago when you started, I mean, was it, were you doing it recreationally? Was it just a love of, I mean, tennis in general or sports in general? Like what was the first, you know, the first foray into doing anything with any real, uh, you know, gravitas in this? Yeah. So I have a family that goes way like my mom used to take me to Vegas way too often. And I used to, yes. I've, so I was, I was booking kids at like 12, but um, <laughs> my grandfather, I, I think he's like some form of character in the movie casino. So it's been in my blood. And, but I got really into everything, I guess in college when some kid, like I would like say, Oh, I love to bet. And I just bet on like, sportsbook.com and those sites i thought i like knew everything but i was honestly probably the worst better of all time uh so i lost like pretty much my ass and the guy was basically like hey just bring everyone in your fraternity to bet with me and i was like great i'll do it uh so i ended up taking it pretty serious and i got this guy i don't know if the name rings a bell but his name was he was on the usc football team named owen i forgot his last name but Uh, (laughs) yes yes so he's a pretty okay. well-known person. Yes. So I got him, and he threatened to kill me after like two days of. I don't. Even, I never even looked at his bets, but yeah. So I ended up sleeping like at friends' couches, trying to avoid him because 
he said he knew where I lived, and that was where I was like, man, this is great. <laughs> so, like I got myself a profession. Yeah, <laughs> I took it. I was loving. It. I loved it. I was like, this is this is the action I would see in movies. So that was kind of how I started, and then I did that for a while, and eventually, like, I started to be like there'd be some professional action on the accounts that I'd be an agent for. And I started to be like, this is what they do. This is not what I do. Let me try to learn what they're doing and meet them and network. And yeah, a lot of networking, I guess I did, uh, got some lucky intros at the Sloan conference, like five, six, seven years ago. And sure, you just try to meet people and you can tell pretty quickly, I guess after a while if they're honest and if they're smarter than you or just all of that yeah that's a good that's a good way to put it though too like how you you know you were looking at those accounts that were taking some sharp action and you saw that and you realized like well that's not what i'm doing like they're doing it completely <laughs> like, and, that, and that goes like you said with the networking too you meet some people that you realize are like oh these are long-term big winning betters and they're doing things completely different than I am. Like that's a good realization. We've had that a couple times where it's like, Oh, like maybe we shouldn't even be betting this sport. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, when you talk about like someone's process and, or just try to just put their picks on your accounts is a much easier way in so many situations. But yeah, I pretty much think that, you do try to to meet people and they're betting something and and you you maybe don't want to bet that specifically but you start to realize that there's like let's say i saw like five years ago nba team to score first like this was a thing five years ago that was very beatable and it kind of got my head going like you know what i don't think i can beat that but there's things like that like nhl team to win the face off things like that where oh this is still beatable right now, but maybe NBA teams score first. This other guy's got this down. Let me find my own niche. So, do you remember when you basically had the realization of like, uh, th there comes a time where you're like, well, it's not about winning anymore. It's about getting down. <laughs> right? uh, you're like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's not, you know, at some point that like kind of light bulb goes off and you're like, oh, okay, the game isn't coming up with the winning handicap anymore. Now it's figuring out how to just get this action down. Um, what do you kind of, what, how do you pivot then into, you know, just, I guess, accumulating opportunities to get action down? Yeah, you know, I kind of think it's like an art on not just winning, but how to text these, you know, bookies that you deal with on a Monday to Sunday and Monday mostly basis. You know, you, you try to be their friend. You try to, you're almost a detective, like trying to ask questions that aren't too blatant, but like it'll lead you to does this guy actually, can he afford to pay me $3,000? Can he afford to pay me $800? So you ask like random questions that he doesn't realize that you're snooping. And you kind of, that's how I feel is like it's almost a game. Like, and just go from that to that. Like, my favorite question when I'm up like $600 or something create like small being like, whoa, I'm so hot. Is this the most anyone's ever won on you? <laughs> and so you can kind of tell from their answer, like, oh, maybe I have a couple thousand left to, to win this week. So, like, <laughs> you know, there's always something to ask these guys, because especially right now, stiffing is like, 
it is out of control. Oh, I was I was gonna get to this, but let's just talk about it now. We yeah, did we a got whole a guy episode. Who could build a website for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had we did a whole episode talking about betting partnerships and sort of mm-hmm. uh, you know like how fraught that is. And uh, I was wondering because the, obviously the landscape is changing on the fly. You know, with yeah. legal shops opening up in more states by the day, um, and yeah, that's got to put a lot of pressure on where. You know, maybe if you were a bookie five years ago, it was all fish and maybe one sharp snuck in there, right? right. And now it's like, well, all the fish are going to DraftKings and FanDuel. I'm stuck with like a whole bunch of sharks. What is going on here? You know, like, has that kind of changed sort of the dynamic of like what the guys that are, you know, doing paper heads out there are, are no, seeing? I, I think so. I think, I think one of the best questions to ask your partner if you choose to partner up with someone is do you have this login prefix? Because if you're partnering up with someone who's going to be using the same bets on every, let's say, name a, let's say lvaction.com. So if you give to someone and he has seven and it's the exact same plays at the exact same times, asking him like, hey, do you have an LV action that starts with PR? Like, it's a good question to ask and it'll, and he can be like, yeah, I have two. And you can be like, okay, let me find someone different or let me not be on this guy. So that's a way to avoid something like that because I've actually given accounts to someone and I get a text within like two days. Hey, you and seven people just fired the exact same USL bets. Like, and you have to say like, oh, I'm in a, a group chat. (laughs) I'm in a group chat. Yeah. Yeah. The group chat's all on it. Like that's, it was a group play. Yeah, no, I mean, it does work. And then, but then they often ask, let me join this group. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll just I'll invite you. Dude, what you got to do is you have to set up a tout system and then, right. put, you know, be like, well, we all bought this guy's picks. It's, exactly. I've actually you, thought about starting Joey Isaac's picks as like a private sure. uh, Twitter, just to be like, if they ask that question, be like, I just buy this guy's I'll just picks. Buy this guy's picks, you know? I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. This guy's hot. This guy's hot. Yeah, he's hot. I, I actually, when I open an account, I use my real, I use my real name, not Joey Isaac, so they would never know. Yeah, that's fair. Got it. Got it. Um, that's interesting. But like, you do see like the stiff level, stiff, stiff percentile. What was it like five years ago compared to what it is now in terms of how often you get stiffed? I mean, I think it's, it's definitely gone up since Corona because I think a lot of people became bookies in Corona. And they just don't have money. A lot of them. Yeah. They I just mean, assume, I, I they even assume that they're never going to have to pay anyone. Yeah. Like, there's, a, there's a whole underground of selling books that is just beyond my like brain power to be like, why would anyone buy something up front? And they sell for like $100,000, $200,000 sometimes. So then these kids are left with no money. It's insane. And then they lose, so they sell it again. Wow. Well, you got to get out for, if you're underwater, you got to sell it to, yeah. Then you sell that, you sell your car and you're back to even. What's so crazy is that like, I would never buy a book and I'm not, I don't book any at all, but I would never buy a book up front for money. I would buy it for like a percentage of the people's losses. Like, of course. Yeah. Otherwise they're just going to text on the side and say, Hey, I left, I sold it, but just come back to me. Yeah, you yeah. Lose, they, yeah. they just they have your client list, like, yeah. literally. Exactly. And, and I'm, when you're selling it, it's not exactly you know a merger of two 
companies. I mean, it's essentially illegal bookmaking. You're not like an, an NDA or stuff ain't going to hold up. That's funny. Oh, that, that's wild. Well, I mean, I even heard there was ads. Like I'd heard ads for like, oh, yeah. Paperheads. You know, yeah, run your own paperhead. Yeah, run run your own paperhead and stuff. And that's oh, yeah. how you get college kids with like yeah. 300 bucks to their name running a paperhead. And they assume like they're going to win. And if they lose within the, you know, if they have a bad week within the first month, they're done. Everyone's getting stiffed. They're just like, yeah, I, I quit doing that. It wasn't any fun. <laughs> yeah. No, it's completely true. And oh, you can kind of tell by the, the some paperheads do cost more money. Like, mm. And you know that if a bookie does have that paperhead, they probably do have money. But that makes sense. Yeah. So there's some homework you can do, but at the end of the day, there's really nothing you can do. God, that is fucking fascinating. I, yeah. I, cause I got the game theory level of we got to get smaller action down across all these accounts in a way that our plus CV stuff is. You know, we're still getting we're we're not getting you know closed out of offshores or closed out of legal shops. But the fact that you actually then have to go another level and read specifically how liquid is this guy, <laughs> and and how much you know what is too much that's going to get me run or still because yeah. you know getting run is probably is probably a better outcome, right? I mean, if you just if the account just gets closed and he's like, okay, like we're We'll settle up and you're done betting here. Like that's losing an that's account great. is one thing, but getting stiffed is that. Yeah, yeah that's like the worst possible. A lot, a lot of these partners will require you you to vouch, which I think sure. is one of the stupidest words in all of betting. <laughs> if there's one thing I could like change, it'd be that word. Like these, I will like a bookie will beg me for players. Hey, do you have any friends? And I'll I'll text them. Sure, like let me give you this guy's number, and they'll be like, you got to vouch for him. I'm like, I'm I'm doing you a favor. I'm like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, that's yeah, a good point. I'm not going to collect for you. No. And who's vouching for you? Like, this is just such like a one-way street. They they think that they're the God's gift half the time. So that's <laughs> one word I would love to get rid of in the gambling dictionary's vouch. Mm. Because Did you see an increase um, in just in general number of accounts available um, when PASPA was passed? Like, once it became kind of like, oh, this is going to be legal now in the U.S., was there like an uptick in, in terms of available outs? Uh, it just, it all comes in swings. Like you, you get a good partner who just hustles and finds you like 25 accounts out of nowhere. And then for whatever reason, usually what happens is that you find a partner and they're, they lose themselves even like probably following the accounts. I don't even know, but they all find a way to lose and like, they will be like four straight losing plays. And then the fifth one. So they think you can't lose five in a row. So they throw like their whole money and then, and they kind of leave gambling and you're for, for the yeah. right reasons <laughs> and, and and the truth is is like if you're giving someone an account and you don't take any risk you have to just realize you're not going to be rich you're not yeah. going to make that much money so if you want 10 percent or 15 percent no risk of an account you're looking at hopefully a few hundred dollars a week and oh, these, that makes these, sense. it ends up being more work than it's probably worth and so they just get over it but yeah. it just it just depends on who's giving me accounts at the given time because some people hustle and get like 50 some people then they quit and so it just it just depends on the timing are you at the point where the originators for some of the stuff you work on you're just like these guys you know you know with certainty they will never lose (laughs) uh yeah i don't think that 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 
will probably happen for a while. It's not like it's not like their edge is getting smaller. Somebody's coming up on them, you know, like they're uh, getting run down from behind. There's definitely some some sports that I see that I'm like they're just then they don't win, and I'm like whatever, it's almost over, blah blah blah, that that kind of thing. And the next sure. and it's, the next sport will win, but long and as far as te- and as tennis goes, I just have been thinking about. I mean, there's somebody we actually had on a couple of weeks ago, Brett, talking to him about like getting down, and you know, I don't know how far you go down the ladder, but like, and we know a couple of people who bet lower level ITF challenger mm-hmm. shit, and they do well, but yeah. it's like, it's like e- even at a place like Chris, he's like, well, I mean, I can bet it, but not for much anymore. Like, right. you know, the, the further you go down that ladder in the tennis world, the less. I mean, just the harder it is to get down. And I don't even, I don't know if I've even looked for like some of that stuff on many of the paperhead skins. Like, I, you know, some of that, it's it's like AT, ATP, WTA, Futures, that's it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I talked to somebody who does ITF betting and he wanted me, he wanted me to get down 50,000 a match for him. And I was like, this just isn't going to be possible. And, and I and I, he gave me picks for like three days, and they they went like eleven and zero, and I and they were really good. And I was like, to be honest, this is just it's just not gonna happen for either of us. Like these are great picks, but it's just so hard to get down. Like I had to like you have to get down a lot live, and a lot of sites do have live. Sure, it's just it's just not worth it to to bet ITF tennis in my opinion, even if the picks are just never gonna lose. Do you recruit? Do you recruit originators, or do they come across your your radar just via um, ref, referral or something? Um, you know, I just I just talk to everyone, I guess that, that <laughs> I can. Like, I'm on Telegram all day, so if anyone wants to hit me up and talk, I'm there, and I can kind of tell just from chatting with someone pretty quickly. Sure. And there's got to be a reason why you can't bet for yourself. Does yeah. that make any sense? So hundred percent. It doesn't no. come around often. Uh, and I actually, I really don't like betting for people unless I'm like, it just, it, I haven't had a new person in a long time. And every time, everything I've tried has just been a not worked out. So that makes sense to me. <laughs> what, uh, what got you into, um, uh, tennis in the first place? Were you a player back in the day? Yeah, it was great. Uh, 10 year old to 12 year old player so everyone on the american side if they're 35 years old i beat them at 10. oh that's awesome <laughs> uh 12. so i i always played tennis and then my first job out of college was actually uh working for the usta um doing their coding for their draw to make draws doing the tournament manager stuff they were switching from desktop to the web live if that makes sense yes Absolutely. So I did that and some, I got connected to someone. Uh, I actually, I had a lot of free time in that job and I wrote to a startup betting company, I guess you could call it gambling company. And we just started chatting all the time and I wanted to, help. I thought he had a great product and I think it was ahead of its time. And he really liked tennis, and we talked, and and then he int- ended up introducing me to somebody in London who wanted to me to courtside for him, 
and that is kind of how I started betting tennis. For people who don't know, what can, what would you say yeah, court siding? Hey, how, how does court siding work exactly? Court siding, and, and it, if anyone does want to read about court siding, there's a book called Game Set Cash. Have you ever read it? No, it but I'm going to I've, now. I've heard, I've heard of it. It's like, it does, we've it read does. some good stories about some, yeah. some court siders who've gotten like in trouble. Yeah. No, this guy, this guy does a great job talking about it. What I did was not what he did. I, I was a failed. It was a failed attempt. It was not an organized <laughs> situation enough. But court siding is basically um, you go with a phone, any type of technology, and you're basically clicking a button on who wins the point, um, and sending that information to someone sitting, hopefully, at a desk betting it. Got it. And, and just like the high, le more high leverage the point, the more valuable it is to know before the live market knows. Yeah, and then there's things like. If a player has like a sitting overhead, you can click it unless it's Djokovic. <laughs> but you you can get good at at that oh, kind of thing, yeah, yeah. Um, and be ahead that way. And there's all sorts of schemes. The umpires, I don't know if you've ever read about it. They will sometimes forget to click a, the button for who wins the okay. point. Yeah, so it doesn't go to the actual data stream. Right, uh, and okay. and some of them cheat that way. There's been a few caught. Really? Yeah. Not the pretty one. That's that's a scheme that I don't think they ever thought they would get caught, but they would not click a button in a lot in a certain situation and allow people to bet and then but they got caught, all of them. Um I had no no wow. problem, but yeah, so wow. that's court siding in a nutshell, I guess. It's kinda like it makes you think of like that early on. It's not so early on, but the scene in casino with the guy tapping on the thing on his leg and then you know, they break his hand with a hammer. Yeah. You can do that in blackjack. Have you seen uh there's some people who can who can uh count cards and put things in their legs so it appears that they're betting the max every time. That is pretty uh that is pretty so slick. Just so whoever's watching with the eye in the sky can't tell. The the table picks up the the bets for, for your player's card. Oh, I see. So, so they're trying to rate you, and they're rating you at the max every time. So it appears that you're not counting cards because you're not no. deviating. You're not. You're not running zone. a spread. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's always somebody. There's always That's someone fantastic. who can who can beat the system. I know. Yeah. It's completely off topic, stories. but like, yeah, like hole carding is super interesting to me. Like, mm -hmm. I just I can't imagine. Uh, and those, you know, those are the kind of things that are kind of fleeting sometimes, and you have to hunt a lot around for a lot. But it's kind of like sports betting too. Like yeah. some of the angles you find, it's like, man, this might not last long, and it took me forever to find this, but I'm going to make a little scratch while I do. Like ITF Live Place. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the best, the best thing ever were these Sims. Rest in peace. They're good done now, but those, those were amazing until yesterday. The Fawn Bet Sims. The, no. What was why? What happened yesterday? Prime time stopped their sins. Oh, uh, yesterday was the last day. They left a little present somewhere, <laughs> but um, yeah, they're done uh, for I don't know why. The bookmaker was doing was doing it uh, was doing those sins, and in the day that they they were taking a thousand dollars, and the day that they lowered their limits to like a hundred, it got really hard to beat. Because whoever was, I think, beating them for a thousand dollars was doing something right, and yeah, that that ended that day. But th they basically, what would happen is this guy would steam the line on Bookmaker, 
on these NBA 2K games, like six, seven points, and the PPH sites wouldn't move it. Oh, buddy. So, <laughs> it was... That's 20 to ones there. Yeah, it was It was fun. Wow. That's wild. We, we didn't get too deep into the Sims. We got a little... That NBA 2K tournament, which... Yeah. I mean, that's com- that's completely different. That's not like us using computing power yeah, and figuring that out. Was, yeah, that was that like, was oh, we know, we know who's going to win this. It's kind of like right. the Kentucky the, the pass posting, the virtual, yeah, the pass posting, yeah, yeah. the ki- virtual Kentucky Derby too. Like, yeah, gosh, that was fun. no yeah. outcomes, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wild, man, wild. Um, court side. So your court siding experience was uh, went a little sideways, but you got probably got to go watch a lot of tennis live, right? Mm, or were you it, the guy no? behind the desk? It was a failed attempt of so many things. Okay. It it, it ended <laughs> ugly. Okay, so you didn't get, but but you didn't see. I guess uh, you got into play some of the players that whose names we would know from the U.S. circuit in the in the uh, '30s range. Um, any, I guess anyone off the top of your head that you specifically remember battling Beating the pants off. Beating the pants off. I played. I played Sam Query many times. Yeah, that's right. He beat I remember, uh, Rafa Nadal. Sam Quarry's Sam Quarry guy, I think he's going to make a run, but uh, I remember that was my last ever junior match where I actually played him in a big tournament. Like the, They have like in junior tennis sometimes like loser brackets. So you like, because you travel, you don't want to like play one match and have to fly home. I played him and he was like notoriously known for just not trying half the time. And I remember... That was the first time I've ever played like a tennis match and been like, I have no idea if I played good or not because he just hit a winner every shot. <laughs> I think Sam Query is the only player to beat the world number one at Wimbledon two years in a row. He he can make a run this 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 draw. I mean, I know he plays a, a top ten, top twenty, someone good. He goes, yeah, but, yeah, actually, and man, the steam on him has been white hot. Uh, he's playing Pablo Carino Busta. In round yeah. one, he opened up as a plus one twenty dog, and now he's about minus one sixteen favorite. Yeah, he should be favored. Even though that Busta guy does is one of the Spaniards you can play on a faster surface. Query should be favored. If his yeah, if his serve has if his timing on his service is, is good, he should be pretty pretty clearly played pretty clearly yeah, through. Yeah, he, he was only broken. I th- I don't think he was broken all last week until the finals. Yeah, some of that felt self-inflicted too. He was a double faulting machine in the first, and then he just kind of threw his hands up. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to do anything on Medvedev's serve, so I think that was like a mental, uh, got down a break and didn't didn't even try the last set at the end. But, I mean, he was a 40 love at the time he got broke. He he really should get looks on Busta's serve all set, and you would think he could break once or twice. Yeah, he's, he's had great results on grass and at Wimbledon specifically, so I won't doubt him. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of, kind of thinking about, and I'm thinking about some matches that kind of went sideways today. And I don't even know if you, how much you want to talk about Andy. Well, I mean, Murray came through. Whatever, he came through. He got it done. That was a weird set, but like live limits. Are you able to? Is that something you get into? Just because I, I, I don't know. I see people do well live yeah. with some live tennis if they're, you know, if they have a good read on something. But like, are you able to get down anything of substance with that with the limits? Or I mean, oh, yeah. is it a lot of tabs? I personally don't. I just I stopped betting live like three, four years ago, just because you you let's say you want to bet like a few hundred, you and then you randomly are betting live and you're like, shit, I have like four thousand dollars in this guy. <laughs> How did that happen? So I, I don't bet live just because 
I just don't, I just don't want to, but I, you could get a lot down live. Oh, really? That's stake, staking creep. I keeps me from playing different... live NBA. I don't play live NBA for that exact same reason. Yeah. It's a different type of, uh, it's a different type of discipline needed. And I do think your eyes do fool you a lot. And so I don't think you should be sitting and watching sports trying to bet live. And I also think the opposite is true too, where I don't think you should be betting live if you're not watching. So it's like a catch 20, is it 21, 22? 22. 22. Yeah. And then it's, oh, it's like uh, France today. I bet some live overs and it's the yeah. same thing. Like, oh man, like, cause you, you make a bet and then you see the line move and it moves against you. And for some reason it's, it's such a short time span where it's like, well, I should bet this better number, maybe. Like the number right. just got better. It ticked down to two and a quarter. Like, right. Am I hitting this again? And all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I've, I've hit this a couple times. This is bad. And then, you know, Sweden or Switzerland goes out there and misses a penalty. And you're like, oh, no, no, I'm super fucked. This sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then, like today, you get bailed out. Like you yeah. don't think about, I don't think you think about your process as much because the process, the time you spend processing your bet is so short. Like if you're making it in the moment, if you're making it live, you didn't spend a bunch of time with your numbers, perhaps. You you just kind of fired on it, and if you you do get bailed out, you just you don't think about it. You don't do as good of a job of like I don't know reviewing your process, reviewing your bet, deciding if you actually made a sound wager at that point. So I think yeah, I think live betting just kind of messes with your head, yeah. whether you win or lose. But I think it's a huge bookie advantage, and it takes us. You either are scheming it, or you have like a type of discipline that is very rare. Or you're a huge live loser. Yeah, and no, it's that usually makes the third. Sense. But you know, there are people who will come. Like I talk to some people, and they'll tell me before the match, like if this happens, if this happens, I'm gonna do this live. And if you stick to that, I do think you can maybe be live. Like it's a knockout stage in the soccer game. Like if it's two one, they're gonna have to press. So maybe you take a chance. Something like that can work, but. It's very sure. like rare. Action, or, the actionable angle that you see live that you had a, a kind of thought through your process right. before the match started. That makes total sense. In fact, like, there was a lot of examples with Rafa Nadal back in the day on, you know, when he was at peak form, he would come into a match and he literally, he, he would come in and be like, I'm going to build into this. I don't really care what happens in this first set. If yeah. he dropped a set, it would be in the first. And you could be like, okay, he is much higher quality than this player. He just kind of let that one go. And he is going to come and just, you know, drop bombs on him now, like Djokovic did today against that Draper kid. Right. I mean, like right. that sort of stuff. Like when guys are peaking and they know, like, I can take care of this. I'm not really going to press for this first set. Uh, I think that does swing the live line sometimes because both, what, both Draper and uh, both uh, Djokovic and Rublev both covered there game handicaps today after dropping the first set so it's like you know there is there for sure are actionable angles like that and then Djokovic was like minus i looked after he lost the first set he was like still like minus 7600 or something yeah it was a big number so, <laughs> they, they're, they're pretty confident in his ability to come back sets the one and it was like minus 440 and i was oh, like was it oh wow and i was just like i don't really feel like losing on a monday morning like <laughs> It's probably value on that price, but if it was I Sunday, I would have done it. <laughs> Monday is a little different. Then you have to get it back. You all week to like look at it. <laughs> I'm almost the opposite. Of it. I'm like, oh, look how many days I have left. Look how look how far away Monday is next week. 
but yeah, it's it's never a good feeling to start. Like it feels like you're fighting. Then, like exactly, you, you yeah. don't feel like you're making. It does that messes your process too. I think where it's like when you're on the fence about one, I'm like, well, I better put it in because I'm down. Like right. no, I gotta get gotta get back to green here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Oh well, I guess what is your current thought on the state of men's U.S. tennis? Out of curiosity, I mean, anyone interest you? Sebastian Corda? Anybody got a game that you think ha- has a pulse to do something in the next generation? Yeah, I, there's no one that I can see winning a Grand Slam anytime soon. Uh, and I think that is more like there's a lot that goes on with Americans. And a lot of that is just traveling the world and learning how to lose alone mm. is a really hard situation to find yourself in. That is just not worked for the last five, ten years. Uh, and then, you know, the U.S. is trying to experiment with, like, slower balls for kids and all those things. But I think at the end of the day, like, our best athletes just don't play tennis. And so we're catch- we're playing that catch-up game ever- all the time. And I just don't see – I don't see any of these young kids winning a Grand Slam from America, not for the next – none of these guys that are up. But they are winning junior Grand Slams. Like Noah Rubin won Junior Wimbledon, and he's not even in the main draw two years later. So yeah, what's up with the, like? How does that happen? And and Riley Opelka won Junior Wimbledon, and he lost today. In I, ugly fashion, too. Oh yeah, a player he really should not have lost to. Yeah, that's and that's what's interesting is that he had lost to that guy every time. Uh, Kept for. So you do you do get situations in tennis where it's like you're just playing an opponent who uh just has your number and Knows i think that's one, of the, that's one of the things that that is very interesting about tennis is that you never know how someone's style will match up but it just does like, okay so think- let's focus on this then so you're a proponent of the head-to-head between two players being relatively meaningful <clears throat> i think there reaches a point where it is hard to ignore but i wouldn't I don't think that is until like five and okay. it would have to be five zero for me to be like, there's something like up with this. <laughs> Cause if you're okay. four one, I think that's just, it could be anything can happen the next one. But if you're five zero, it's like, okay, this guy has your number and like something. Well, I've seen people make good cases too. Like if you take, you know, for the for lack of a better term, it's a trend. Like again, you play so many different players over the course of your career, and it turns it becomes you know a, a one person trend against one opponent. If you can put a little logic behind it, like you know he has trouble with his slice, or he just he just can't hit through this guy's backhand. Like there, if there's a little bit of logic to it, it's like all right, I'm fine with this. Like he just can't beat this guy. Like I'm, I'm yeah. kind of, you know, this price is off because of that. Like I'm, I'm, there's a few guys where it's like, man, he just doesn't match up good. The head-to-head record says so. Whereas some of these, it's like if you dig in, be like, wow, like his head-to-head record is like 90% on clay, and the other guy's a good clay player. You know, I'm, I'm gonna have yeah. to kind of toss that out the window if they're playing down in Miami or something. But yeah. I mean, a lot of those, you, you see people use these, and it, I don't think it's wrong in any way, or shape, or form. Yeah, and I think the round, I think round is huge. Like if you look at head-to-head, and it's first round i would maybe like you you gotta look in tennis in my opinion always at like the match or two before so if like it's third round and he played like two long three setters yep your body fatigue which i think i think body i think in tennis the two things that are the only two things that are important 
for predicting the next match is is your body fatigue and the tennis balls. And I think <laughs> the tennis balls are the most important and and conditions are so big. Uh, altitude is huge. I mean, like if there's this one tournament that that one guy, I don't think he even plays anymore. But he King was of like, Clay. The King, King of Keto. King of Keto. Yes. yes. Every yes. Year. I knew exactly where you were going with yeah, that. We, we were Every there. year he does it. And I think it's for like so three straight years, his name? I bet against him first round because I'm like, <laughs> there's no way that he can <laughs> keep this... doing this. But I think I think that just conditions are huge in the ball. So, um. And the Wimbledon ball. Victor Estrella Burgess. Oh, thank you. My yes. God. B-E-B. B-E-B. Yes. Yeah, it's like it's like he's old. He kind of sucks. Me. Like he's not that he's not doing well. And then he goes up there and just makes a run. Gets at, another title. Again. Another title. At, another title. At, yeah. At, at altitude. And yeah, like the altitude, the uh, the humidity is certainly going to affect, especially if you have a big bomber or somebody with a massive forehand, if there's some humidity that's going to make the ball fly a little. Like, yeah, the weather altitude. There are a few. Like I can't think of the one that's up in uh, Austria or Switzerland. There's another one up there that's at decent altitude, but keto yeah. keto was like an outlier. That one was super high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Highest. It was the highest on tour for sure. Mid, just Madrid versus Barcelona in ter- mm-hmm. terms of what it does to some of the guys who play well in Barcelona suck in Madrid, and that's only like a three thousand meter elevation, something like that. Um, what about? Uh, I guess what about using a some using. I completely agree with you in terms of fatigue being sort of underrepresented in terms of a handicap. Um, but without a doubt, in my mind, a head-to-head, a lopsided head-to-head is going to move the market when it opens. Right. I mean, there, that there, is- there's a handful of stuff like that, right? Like you can kind of kind of tell, like, okay, this underdog was heavily backed, wins. They're going to go right back to the well with that dog. You know that number right. is going to come in, right? I mean, this head, this person's five to two head to head against this person. That guy's going to get bet, like you know it. And you don't have to necessarily use that as your actionable angle, but just knowing with the directionality of the market for small stuff like that is important. I guess. Do you agree that in general, even though the tennis market seems pretty robust, that there are times when the number's moving and it's a little suspect? Yeah, of course. And I think that's just one of those things to. Uh, that can help someone time their bets by knowing that. So if you do, if you know how the market's going to move and you learn how to time your bets, that's going to save you some money. uh, Even if you're not even like that good of a better. So little things like that can at least help you. It's not going to help your pick, but (laughs) it it shouldn't be the reason for it. But if you know that, I mean, use it to as much to your advantage as you can. Yeah. Laying 200 on uh, Riley Opelka when he closes minus 165 and then loses his, you know, obviously, yeah, you'd rather yeah. lay minus one sixty five than minus two hundred. He, he had a bad head to head with that guy, so if you knew, if you know that that is going to move the market a little, you could wait till you get like minus one fifty. Yeah, be I mean, it could just end up saving you a little money, and you yeah. know, nobody's going to you know, you're going to lose a lot of bets over the course of a big sample if you can make them a little cheaper when you lose. You know, right. especially like. You know. You can completely disagree. Like the market moved big, that player won, they moved on. You know it's coming back. Even if you disagree, you can make it a lot less painful on yourself when you end up, you know, losing a second bet or however that works out for you. I guess. Do you think that there's difference in the quality of the market for different tournaments, different stages of the tournament? Like you have more respect for like a slam semifinal than a slam first round. 
more respect maybe for like a 250 first like 250 late in the tournament because you know the only people betting into that are people who make good numbers i mean i, I guess is there yeah. a different quality of the different markets yeah i actually i actually know somebody who's been chasing tennis team for like three years and just making a killing oh, wow. um and he does it only early rounds Interesting. so maybe that's your answer Okay. Um, I've heard I've heard some crazy angles over the years. There's one angle that I've always loved that I guess I'll share, but it is the last match of the day on center court in the first second round of a 250 under. It's because everybody's ready to go home. <laughs> it's be, it's because it's yeah, it's because it usually it's a top player playing their first match and they want to get this guy's the one person who told me about it was like they have so much media responsibility after the match yeah, sure that they need to get this done with so they don't ruin the rest of the tournament yep and they're going to show up sense. from the beginning so or they're tired and they're going to give up after losing or being down early yep and just go to the next tournament one of those i like so, this guy so much but i'm not going to lay the game i'm going to take the under and then he loses in straight sets and you win anyway exactly. <laughs> you're, so, you're so incredibly fucking wrong that you actually won. <laughs> that has actually happened a couple the times. most it's gratifying win love that love that love it's that. funny it makes me think it's like you asked the question drew about like the the different levels you know of you know the 250 the 500 the masters to whatever slams we've um kelly i'll give him credit big 10 waddle We've had him on here, and we've talked to him plenty. He was starting to track opening over round on the outright markets in every tournament just at one or – I think he did two books just to have a, a sample from two different books. And he noticed, like, some of these ones where he was having the biggest edges, and he – I mean, he was implying that, like, the books are having trouble pricing the outright markets on this tournament because it's goofy, and the hold would just be, like, 20% higher than normal. <laughs> he's like so every so every time I have like some decent edges on a couple of guys, the overall market is is worse to bet into. He's like he's like when when there's not much for edges, he's like the overround is actually low. He's like it was it was really goofy, and it was like from two fifty to two fifty, it yeah. wasn't you know jumping levels. He was seeing some massive differences in that. It made me really wonder like what kind of effort they're putting forth, you know, at, from various you know. We, you know, we talked to Mr. Trenail about that a little about who is starting some of the, yeah, where the, the origination actual, even comes from. The, the origination the of the numbers the is, tennis. and the answer yeah. is like, like the wow. Czech Republic, man. Yeah, Czech Republic, Russia, Sweden, like these tiny, tiny books in all of these random European countries are kind of each setting their own number. They're taking fifty dollar bets and moving. Mm. Uh, it's and then, Asia. Uh, it used to be Asia. Interesting. As taking. The bet, like, it's like if if there's a bet done in Asia, the, the supposedly it's like the up. best bet. The whole board moves. <laughs> I can tell you, I yeah, I can tell you to your point about early steam versus late steam in a in a tournament. Um, if the high, the more higher profile the match in the slam, the less mm -hmm. I care if the steam moves against me. Right. If I'm betting into kind of a, a one of a lot of matches that's not getting a lot getting a lot of attention, relatively small handle, and I get the worst of the number, I pretty much created a loser before it even goes off. I'm like, oh, I guess I, I missed something. 
you know, that's probably going to lose. I just assume it. And then on the up opposite end, if I bet into something at like the quarterfinal, semifinal level, or like an early round match that's really getting a lot of attention, like a a curious umber, you know, like that mat that handle is probably going to be five ten x the you know the average handle on a on a normal day, you know, just because everybody has an opinion. Right. Um, if the steam moves against me on matches like that, I really don't care. Like I'm right. like, well, I wish I had gotten a better price, but like you know, this isn't. I don't. This doesn't feel like the kiss of death. The same way that a Kepfer Opelka line move. <laughs> that's like the right. kiss of death. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that is. That would feel that way. I also. It's all. I've always found fascinating that tennis is one of those sports that has a start time, but it can be pushed back. But some books do take it, uh, it down. And I've always, I've always had this theory that the some books when it's taken down there, whoever they're copying, they don't know what they're doing and they'll just juice the favorite 20 cents higher. Oh, uh, so if you do want to like, wait, if you are an underdog player, I've always felt like you can just wait till in, in your match before, if you want to like, look at court, uh, like if you're on court 17 and the match is like four hours, they're going to take it down a lot of places. So you can find books that keep it up until first ball. And they'll just, I swear, I think I'm not 90% sure that they just juice the favorite 20 cents higher when the match gets pulled from So they, they assume that there's some ghost steam on the favorite that they don't know because whoever they're using to copy, you know, whoever yeah. they're using to get the information, it's gone. Okay. I've, I've always had this theory, and I don't know if I'm right, but. <laughs> it's like a stupid, annoying show. part about, like, uh, yeah, the order of play said 11 a.m., but every single match went three sets. This match isn't happening for till like one p.m. Yeah, like and but they'll yank it down right at the. I suppose it's better than getting pass posted. If the not oh, yeah. that a tennis match has ever started early, I don't think that's a thing. Yeah, if the match is like six oh six oh. Do they start them? I mean, will they just fire well, them off say, right they, away, or do they, they wait? They almost all have a not before blank. Depends yeah, on the it court. usually has that not before yeah. time. That's yeah. that's a major court. If it's a lower court, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's true. If it's an outside, if it's an outer court, yeah, yeah, there's that's definitely a good point. been some uh, some some early starts. <laughs> I believe you. Um, I guess uh, it's worth kind of noting the 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 this is this has been an interesting kind of year for tennis. Um, if you take a step backwards. There was no tennis at all last summer. There was no Wimbledon. There was no grass court season. Um, and then this year, the Australian Open gets pushed into February. There's no uh, Indian Wells. The schedule gets compressed. The clay schedule gets pushed back into grass season. And so we're like in this weird time where there's even less data on grass than normal. Um, and even less, uh, you know, idea of anyone's current form because they may have played one match on grass in the last two, three years. And I guess, what do you do about a lack of data if you're a numbers guy? Do you just skip grass entirely and wait for the hardcore season? Uh, you you can do a number of things, I suppose. You can do uh, you can try to find as much similarities to these courts as other venues or you could use just Wimbledon data from two years ago I guess now at this point uh, there's also there's been three warm-up tournaments which is more than I think they used to have they used to just have one or two and they just play Queens or 
Hamburg, and now there's three. So, and then there's Newport, but that's obviously next. But the, the truth is slam. that yeah. is, this, the grass is not what it was 10 years ago. Really? No, it, the grass now, it, it actually has more dirt than Roland Garros. It's a funny joke. <laughs> um, literally. Because that has a lot of dirt. No, it has none. It has, I think it's <laughs> oh, it's, oh, okay. It's all synthetic? Roland Garros? I read about it. Uh, there's dirt under the grass. And oh, Roland okay. Garros does not have actual dirt it's like it's clay and i don't know but you can look at i think um similar weather tournaments uh so i think that's going to affect play more than anything uh i i do think you want to look at a player who has a lot of variety in their game because that's going to make for the best grass court player um so someone someone like uh sloan stevens today if she can move that's 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 more what you have to guess is how someone can move. And if you saw today, Sissy passed for two sets. He couldn't. He, he was scared to move because he was scared to slip. So once you get past the first round, they all probably know how to move. So you you can just look probably pretty much at any slow hard court and be fine. And yeah, a couple of people fell on their ass today. I mean, I saw it. That's that's the sort of stuff that makes makes it over to Twitter. Even if you didn't watch a bunch of tennis, you're going to see that. And you know, somebody like Sitsipas who didn't play any grass yet, like it does. I don't know. You call it your sea legs, I guess. It takes a little bit to get used to that. I mean, you saw saw how yeah. it looked. Well, he was. Well, he's not, he's not that was that now. was an all time bad spot because Tiafo yeah, was, was on form on grass. He was on form on grass. Sissipas hadn't played since the French Open final. He's going yeah. through all kinds of mental nonsense after that loss and family stuff, and uh, that was just a brutal spot for him. I felt bad. I took advantage of it. I don't. I won't apologize <laughs> too much for that, no. but um, that was a bad spot for him. So but, I think he'll he'll eventually he'll eventually perform admirably at Wimbledon because he can serve in volley. He's an athletic guy. He can do it. I, 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 I think serving and volleying is a way to, to lose now. But Oh, really? In I would not serve. If you're giving Tiafo like a big target that he likes, and he's got to play like just serve one ground stroke, try to get in. Like Murray kind of uh, was showing kind of how to play grass court tennis uh, variety. I wouldn't come to net with these players – with these strings, they can just pass so easily. Uh, so I don't think I don't think you're going to see people coming to net and winning right now. Hmm. Um, sorry, I forgot what I was going to say. But uh, I think no, what I was going to say is that you're looking at a not just not playing grass court this tournament this year. You're looking at they didn't play grass court last year too. So it's a huge oh, yeah. break that's never been done before. And that's Djokovic lost the first set today. So. Yep. He's one. He's someone who didn't play grass. So you can look, I guess, at tomorrow's matches and try to find someone who hasn't played on grass yet. I don't think there's that many. There's just going to be people who like Djokovic and Sissy Pass and maybe like one other or two others, but everyone else played grass. Let me transition this into a question about a guy who hasn't played on grass. <clears throat> he hasn't played on clay. He hasn't played on hard court since the Australian Open, and that is Nick Kyrgios. Yeah. Uh, the firebrand of the men's tennis tournament uh, takes on a guy that won a he won a grass title, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. This this cycle, 
Uh, so he's well, well um, adjusted to the grass. And the market here has been fascinating. Have you been following what's going on? And do you have uh, a read on what to expect from our guy, Nick Kyrgios? I would lean Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> uh, 138 out to 170 at Penny. Yeah, I just, if I trust Nick Kyrgios for his first match, it's the second or third match that I think you'll, you would see his lack of match experience. Um, and then and you generally do see that after long layoffs. It's not the first match that they struggle a lot. It's the second. Um, and I think you saw that with Federer at French Open a little. He looked oh, yeah. fine, and then he's got worse and worse. So it's not the, it's, it, you would think that they get better and better as they play their way into tournaments. But on the men's side, it's just too physical. It just you can't play your way into the tournament. On the women's side, Serena can do it, and she's done it in the past. But it's she's showing it's getting harder because the women's game is getting more variety, where you can't just overpower your opponent. You have to actually play tennis. So I think that's one of the reasons that she hasn't been able to win in the last year. Um, but yeah, I just wouldn't go against Kyrgios. Uh, I do think he he's been practicing more than he lets on. I'm sure that's true. And you got to lean on Kyrgios? Yeah, he's a sneak. Like, oh, I mean, the Celtics are out of out early. Right. Whatever. Yeah, he's right. Like, like that's part of the handicap. I love Nick. Like, there's people that love him and hate him. There might not be any NBA on to distract him after tomorrow night. Yeah, he's oh. so fun. That that's the thing. If there's no game on, that'd be awesome for him. But uh, yeah, Nick, I, and it got me thinking too, and I, I just don't know this. I mean, maybe people really, really get into it. Like, are there people that string different rackets for stuff like that? Where if it's just like, all right, this, yeah. this asshole is going to, like, I'm just thinking of the uh, Francis match there. If it's like, oh, this asshole is going to come up to the net a bunch, like, I'm going to go grab the, you know, a tightly strung racket and just blast stuff past him. You know, I, it, it makes me think about stuff like that all the time. I don't, I don't know if I know a lot of people have like preferences on their rackets. I don't know if they're all strung the same or if they have like a. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have my my nasty forehand racket in the bag for you. So with stringing, and stringing has been uh, something that has like been revolutionized way more than rackets. But with tension, you want to base it on uh, weather and heat more than your opponent so if you're in high altitude you want to go lower yes and if you're playing in a lot of heat you probably want to go lower too but if you're playing in like some cold weather where you need a little spring sorry that's the opposite of what i said you want to go lower in like uh and lower means more spring higher means tighter so if you're playing in high altitude, you want it to be higher and tighter so the ball doesn't just bounce off your racket and fly. But I wouldn't say that there's they're changing, and I could be wrong, but I don't think they're changing their uh, string uh, tension based on opponent. Mm. Interesting. What's uh, what is your thought on the uh, the current tennis balls being used, and why do you think that's still an actionable angle? So great. I love I love talking about the tennis balls. So. Um, so the Wimbledon uh, tennis ball is, is a Dunlop ball. Uh, yeah. It's a, it's Slazinger, but I'm pretty sure Dunlop owns Slazinger. And if you there's a video that you can look at Tim Henman just like comparing the balls for the last like ten years, and they're just getting bigger and bigger. 
Mm -hmm. and um and so the ball they say will play the same in different conditions they're trying to like perfect the same the ball but the ball getting bigger is going to slow the ball is going to slow the ball down and it's going to mm -hmm. uh, try to keep the ball low um, which is why you see when the roof is closed and the conditions change the ball bounces higher um, so this should favor um, as the tournament goes on uh, because they're putting so much grass on the courts uh, what you see on tv is a lot of dead grass but it's actually should be the opposite and the courts should uh, be more lively as the tournament goes on and and it actually uh, is interesting because one of the tennis blogs did a study and they showed that um, as the tournament goes on there's more rallies so is the tournament getting uh, slower so there's more rallies, but Andy Murray actually chimed in and, and he said, I think it's because the players are better. I think yeah, the, that's, I yeah. think that that's why there's more rallies and the court that they're getting faster. So it, you can always, you know, try to find something, but I do think that these balls should favor, um, and hurt then hurt a lot of the just, just servers, unfortunately. It's probably good for overall watchability. It should be, but yeah. they're trying to they're trying to get points. They're not just trying to they're not trying to have John Isner win the tournament. Which I yeah. I'm fine with actually. Yeah, he's gonna have I, a, I cheer a for American tennis. I've won an outright on him in the past, but again, it's it's not the most pleasing aesthetic tennis. Was it? Miami? I like clay. I'm a clay court guy. I love it. Yeah, he he. If he's gonna win a Grand Slam, it's gonna be on clay. Interesting. Uh, I figured it was gonna be in America. He, for whatever reason, plays so much better in the U.S. than he does abroad. Yes. I really don't get it, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, what are your thoughts on some of the up and coming guys and kind of taking down the um, you know, the big three here? Uh, do you think you're gonna see a changing of the guard, or is this gonna be like the next two years? Djokovic dominates everyone. And then eventually he decides to retire and we need to crown a new who's the best at tennis. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing it slowly. Like it's, it's not going to, it's not like a, it's going to, it's not going to, they're not going to give up their dominance easily. But I mean, if Djokovic didn't hit that ball lady, he'd be what he'd have won like what six grand slams in a row. So, and I, I don't think anyone's going to even come close to beating him. I was going to say he's not going to drop a set, but he already did. <laughs> Voluntarily, it seemed yeah. like. Yeah, hey, get get one out of the way. That, it takes so, off. It's like Gonzaga should have lost a game. Yeah, take, take I, the I pressure think, off right off the bat. I I just don't see anyone beating him on grass. Okay, especially with especially when it's playing the way it's playing. Uh, I just don't. You just can't beat him right now. You'd have to really. And he's serving. If you've looked at his serving stats, they're just it's getting better and better. It was spooky. It was spooky. He was his aces, his ace per was up noticeably yeah. higher, and that's not good for anyone. Except no, so <laughs> it's it's gonna yeah. take someone like Karios, in my opinion, to beat him, who can just hold and hopefully get him a couple tie breaks, not give him any rhythm. I don't know how you're not beating Djokovic by trying to get into like ten ball rallies, mm. and I and and that's kind of what all these new guys are doing i guess 
maybe Rublev if you I just don't see it in three sets, but yeah, if, not in best of five, yeah, I don't no. see it either. Medvedev yeah. could, but he's at the point where he's not like a new up and coming guy anymore. He's number two in the world. I think he's number two in the world. But yeah, I think one of the one of the more fascinating things also is how is that young Kurt is he young? I don't even know. Karatsev, Karaslev? Yeah, Karatsev. Yeah. He's a that young. He, has he played on grass yet? Because if I, I think he could be perfectly suited. He has an interesting draw too. I thought uh, he's in Sasha Zverev's little section there. Uh, you're gonna get there. Honestly, like right, let's let's do a little teeny little breakdown of the draw. Okay. Uh, the first the first quarter for the men's Djokovic and a bunch of clay quarters. A guy, right. bunch of guys we've already seen lose. And it's called a red carpet. It's yeah. called a red carpet. And I am I my my favorite bet of the entire tournament um, was Andre Rublev to be eliminated in the quarterfinals. You want to guess what the price was on that, Joey? Andre Rublev to be eliminated in the quarterfinals? In the quarterfinals, yeah. Like exactly. Yeah. So if he loses in the round exactly. of sixteen. If he loses in the round of sixteen, I'm out I'm out of luck. We weren't we loses, weren't nervous today. If he loses in if he loses in the quarterfinal to Djokovic, I will or anyone else. Okay, so let's say eleven to one. No, no, it was only plus two fifty. Now you make me feel like I made a bad bet. Really, um, I have no idea. I've never, I've never even heard about that kind of bet before. Yeah, specific stage of elimination bets. Interesting. Um, so basically, he has to win four and then lose one, and he already won one against. Del so Lons. he's basically going to be favored in every match. Oh yeah, and, yeah, then, yeah. and yeah. then he's playing Djokovic, which he's and gonna he's going to be a seven hundred dog. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's that's basically what I'm looking for. Well, um, we'll have to go back and look at the closing prices and see what the money line rollover and right. I, oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, add yeah. add the Joker money line if you really wanted, like one right. one point oh five or whatever. I'd be shocked if I got two fifty on that. But you think that's so? Just, that, that's no, just I, my I, I, that's where no, I'm agreeing yeah. with you, Drew. I, he's I think gonna it'll have be to, two to one. He's gonna play Lloyd Harris in the next round. He'll play Fonini in round three, and he'll play Diego Schwartzman. It looks like in the fourth round. Yeah, he should win. Should yeah. he shouldn't lose any of them? But you never know. Just yeah. like yeah, his head could go. He's not a very cautious. experienced grass player, so who knows? But uh, second round right now, Sispas was a huge favorite to win. He has been eliminated by Frank Tiafo. Um, and otherwise, it is kind of wide open. Um, you have um, Andy Murray coming through, Roberto Bautista Agu coming through. Shapovalov, uh, I guess he could do something. Uh, I kind of like uh, Pierre Hughes-Herbet. If the courts are fast, if he's if he's service timing wise, he could make a little bit of the run here. He's he's not a bad guy on serve, um, but I have no idea really who comes out of the second quarter, and I don't think it matters because they're going to lose in straight sets to Djokovic in the semifinal. That's not right. Yeah, let's go to the bottom half. Okay, bottom half is where all the all the interesting stuff is. The third quarter looks super fucking competitive you have a berrettini isner third round head to head on tap you have a, a karatsev um berrettini fourth round a karatsev uh, K, uh nishikori third round that'll be interesting um you have yeah berrettini karatsev fourth round uh, you know that that's going to be extremely competitive on the bottom half of the third quarter zverev runs into it looks like uh a, you know, potentially a, a Kyrgios in the fourth round if he can get that far. If not, uh, an FAA or you know somebody else who's kind of young and promising. So this whole third quarter looks super competitive. Is there anyone that you see in there that you're like, watch out for this guy? 
Um, Besides Karatsev? You know, <laughs> or you think I he think, comes I, yeah, no, honestly, I think if anyone's going to win Wimbledon this year besides Djokovic, it's probably Berrettini. Hmm. His odds, if you looked at the futures market, they dropped a ton. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I think the most of any player. Um, yeah. So he has to be, I mean, he has to be the favorite by to get through that. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. He's serving like 140s right now. Yeah, He's it's pretty, on. Yeah, it's, I don't see anyone being able to beat him in three out of five sets on, on grass right now, but um, I'm interested in Karatsev just because I don't know much about, you know, I think this is probably his first Wimbledon. He was like a weird wrench that just got thrown in everybody's handicapping where when he had that run, it's like, oh, this guy's like a full-on thing now. I just remember people, the next tournament after his run down there, was like, well, what do we do with this guy? Like, is right. he good? Because he looks good. He looked he really good. good. And, and yeah, it just like it wasn't like some young like you know you see some of these young players come up and they play well in juniors they play well in you know some of the challenger tour they win a bunch like uh, Sinner I feel like it was Sinner that was doing well in like the Italian challengers or somebody was doing well over there and it's like yeah everybody all right, well, like yeah like we know like this guy's is gonna be a, a force oh look at that uh, dog just busted <laughs> in on the party what's going on. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, that dog just straight up opened that door. Yeah, he, we can have a whole podcast about him, his door opening skills. <laughs> so Karatsev came comes out of nowhere at the Australian Open. Always a great player, but he always had a little little match fixy swirling that was kind of affecting his career. He comes through it all. He starts playing well this year. Last time he played Wimbledon, it was qualifiers in 2015. He lost to Dustin Brown in the qualifiers. Oh, um, he has There's played nothing two. wrong with losing to Dustin no, Brown on, on grass? grass. No, nothing wrong at all. And he has played two grass um, matches so far this season, so he's got a little bit under his belt. Uh, he defeated... Uh, he went to Queens. He defeated um, Alejandro Tablio, Tablio, not a player I know, uh, from Chile. Uh, and then he lost to Cam Nori. Cam Nori beat him 7-5-6-2. I, so. I think Cam Nori is like the second most wins of any player this year. Most he's wins. playing really, really well. Yeah, he's a good yeah. player, especially yeah. on grass. But so, yeah, I mean, we'll lock it. Watch so out we have no grass. idea what to expect. He could definitely come through his little subsection and make the fourth round. I think that's a like a likelihood. Um, that's oh, interesting. That is Karatsev interesting. Beat team and juniors on grass. I never knew that. There you um, go. What an although, interactive show. Although, although Brett, a lot of a lot of players have beaten team on grass. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot of players. One of, I think I only made like three grass court bets all of the warm up tournaments, and one was team. To beat Manorino, and that was fresh. That was that was a tough one because he was up five good. two in two breaks. Yeah, it looks good. Broke his wrist. Yeah, I haven't really heard when he's coming back at all. That seems um, like a it seems like a bad injury for a tennis player. It does. Like that, that might take some time. Yeah, yeah. you might. Australia. See- yeah, yeah I, I I agree with your general take. If Berrettini gets by Karatsev, he probably gets. But Berrettini has a he's got a tough little tough little draw here. You know, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to do the hard work himself. So he's gonna have to earn that that price reduction in his future. I think um, fourth quarter also super fascinating. It looks like a uh, um, collision course between Federer and Medvedev. Um, 
Medvedev to me is like a Djokovic light in terms of his game and the style of play. That seems like that could frustrate Federer and probably end his tournament in the quarterfinals. Uh, although we haven't ever seen Medvedev do anything on grass of note and never done anything at Wimbledon that's been anything noteworthy. He lost to Ruben Bemelmans for Christ's sakes here. Um, he still is the best player, you know, uh, second best player on hard courts in the world right now after Djokovic. And I, I think what we saw from him at Roland Garros was while surprising is like kind of an indication that maybe he does something here. Yeah. Is that crazy? And he won the warm up tournament and, and, and fun fact, I think it was like, I read something like it was like something like 18 years before someone won a warm up tournament until Djokovic did. Oh, oh! You mean the preceding to the um to front Roland Garros? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He won right. winning Serbia too before right, exactly. going to the Rolling Garros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and everybody kind of just joked like, "All right, is and he the really going to play, is he play the week before?" Kurchikova yeah. did it too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but he he kind of had it. He had a bit of an obligation to go play, and you know, he had to play in that tournament. They don't get that many tournaments there, I suppose. And then, of course, he just runs through it and runs through everything, which good final. And yeah, Barbara, Barbara, that was like, do you remember when, uh, what's his name? Not uh, Rublev, the other, uh, Medvedev. When Medvedev had like his coming out spring and we just kept like oh, saying, yeah. like, when are we going to bet against this guy? Like, isn't he tired? Like, yeah. He just keeps playing. He's playing so much. And he's winning so many matches. Like, he's got to tire out eventually. I think people use that against Krejcikova. Like, all right, she, she's going to get tuckered out here. Like, this is a real tournament now. And fuck, she just kept rolling. Going, Women's going, going. straight up weird. That's what yeah. I thought with Karatsev is that he was going to get tired just because he was like, I always try to find people that are like playing three straight weeks in like three different time zones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good angle and it's a really good angle nothing could beat this guy he's like yeah. he's definitely on something well see that's <laughs> a, when you know when you have somebody that breaks a golden angle like that i love like then extrapolating well what does this mean then you know and then using that in a forward sense is huge um what do you think though uh federer he draws cam nori round three that should medvedev. be he should he should be he should get there. Okay. so With so it comes down to medvedev well, is Chilich on that side? Because that's that's Chilich is on the bottom bottom half of the fourth quarter. So Medvedev is going to have to oust Chilich in round three. Okay, Chilich is my only future. So ooh, ooh. after he uh, won, did he win Queens or uh, Stuttgart? What did he win? He, he won. He Stuttgart, always wins. Right? He won the he won the first one. I, I got him at one hundred and thirty to one. Do we just not have Sir Tagenbosch anymore? <laughs> I don't think we had it this year. I, I'm so I get so confused with the tennis schedule now. Like for it took me a few years and I had it like I had it down and then last year just threw everything out for a loop. Yeah, they changed. did they did Nottingham and Stuttgart during the um second week of Roland Garros and then they did uh, uh then they And did, it's not like I can look Queens, up Sir did Queens like, and I'm gonna uh, spell it right. Queens and Halle in the same week and then they did Mallorca and Eastbourne last week. So it was mm-hmm. two 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 in the lead up. Um, no, her, no, her, no, her talking Bosch this year. Sorry, Andy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I, dude, round three is going to be sick. There are so many good matches. I honestly like you're going to probably get Nishikori versus uh Karatsev. You're probably going to get Berrettini, Isner. You're going to get uh Zverev versus maybe Nakashima. That'll be interesting. Uh, Kyrgios versus somebody good. Uh, I, I like Nakashima tomorrow a little. I, I think nice. that's deemed a decent amount but he's been i mean he's been playing all uh the warm-ups and he's just a better player than fritz in general but uh i don't think fritz played any of the warm-ups did he 
No, because he had um, knee surgery after yes. he went pulled out of uh, the French Open. So he's been off his feet for a while. Here's a random Fritz fact, but I know that the last week Fritz he back. spent, uh, he's, he got paid to like buy some billionaire to play with his kid for like the last week. So I don't think that was not, not a bad gig if you can get it though. No, <laughs> but I kept seeing the Instagram pictures, but, um, and cause Fritz didn't post any, but I randomly follow the billionaire. But anyway, um, <laughs> was it uh, Don Brent's kid? No, I don't oh. want to say. I, okay. I had no a worry about it. I had a random we're gonna, we're gonna be reason. scouring Instagram. No worry about it. Yeah, no worry about it. No, don't but worry about it. Also, fun fact: my my other good friend, who's actually a professional poker player now, was Brandon Nakashima's coach for ten years. Oh wow! As a full time job, and he kept telling me, like, when the guy was like twelve, like this guy's gonna be like number one in the world, and I was like, sure, 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 but. There it is. He's got a lot of work to do. <laughs> and this, this kid was an NCAA, NCAA uh, number one NCAA's. So I hope he do, I hope he doesn't disappoint tomorrow because there's a lot of money on him on him riding on him worldwide. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, he opened at plus one hundred four. He is now minus two hundred four. <laughs> oh, I saw minus one eighty. I saw minus one eighty when I got on the show, and I was like, "Oh, it's I still been like it. that's been blasted." That yeah, the soft opener got beat up pretty hard. Blasted, blasted, blasted. Um, what do you think of the women's side as we pivot here? I think or, or I guess actually put to put a bow on the men's side, can we say Djokovic in straights over whoever, who cares, in the semifinals? Djokovic over Berrettini, either 3-1, 3-0 in the final? Yeah, I, mean, I think I think you know you can like try to get cute and bet against Djokovic. It's just not, it's just not even worth it, in my opinion. Not even here, does, not even now. Even if he does lose, you're you're just I just don't see it happening. I don't know. If you want to bet against Djokovic, save your powder for the US Open final. Yep. When he's up against Medvedev and he chokes. No, Rublev. Going for the uh, Rublev, Medvedev, whoever. Whoever he's against in that uh, US Open final when he chokes, that's when you want to go against him. Yes. Don't wait until then. Wait till Cincinnati. <laughs> there you oh go. god, I forgot yeah. about that hellhole. He yeah. can't play there. Yeah. And he's going to be coming back from Tokyo. He's going to be a mess, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, he's going to be run, run Tokyo ragged. Tokyo might be bad for him. Uh, it might be. Yeah. Oh, yeah I'm, uh, I'm eyes open to fade him there, too. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, what about the women's side? Do you have a feel for what – I guess what's your kind of general take on the women's game right now? Is more exciting, more wide open than it's ever been? Yeah, or just like, wow, I wish someone was healthy? So women's, I don't bet much women's and, and when I do, um, for me right now, I'd, I'd like to watch a couple matches Same. 100%. and be able to watch just cause I don't have the time and the, I'm not betting tennis that much to like bet first round or anything. Uh, so yeah, I would wait to see how they're playing and go from that. But there is a few players that I do think are just up head and above and beyond shoulders wise on being able to play on grass, obviously Serena, and and I also think Muguruza is probably the second best player suited for grass. And if she can get past two rounds, she can she can win. I, I mean, obviously Barty is the best, but her her injury is. Yeah, I think she's fadeable. <clears throat> what do you yeah, did you see any did you see any Muguruza today? No, did she win? She, she was dynamite yeah she she should be based on all of what i look at in terms of like weather ball everything move she should be the best grass court player 
I, ca- I, I captured a ton of value on her when she went on the run. Was it three years ago? It was before Halop, right? I went moving yeah, the French. Here. No, and at Wimbledon, she won. Wimbledon oh, sure, sure. Three, yep, yep. I think three years ago. That was a that was just a brilliant run from her. Yeah, and, and you can see it coming. And it was she was underpriced every single round because she had yeah she had underwhelmed so badly on that clay cycle. And boy, does right. this feel like the same sort of exact thing? <laughs> like yeah. she's not tired out from the clay. Uh, I mean, look yeah. at Kvitova losing. It's you need right now in the, the way that the grass is going to play all week. You need a lot of variety. And I think that's going to favor. I dear hate to say Svitolina because she's just going to find a way to lose. But someone she's who can do everything. Back. She's costing she's, me like a yacht. She's a yeah. She's a <laughs> she you a yacht. There's a. I mean, Svitolina is just like the poster child of it. But there's a few women where it's like you should you should win this match. Everything. Oh yeah. I don't know what you're doing. Like what is going on? And then. And then they start crying, and and then you just you have to change the channel. Well, we're gonna watch something else now because this is done. I like Svitolina. I just yeah, I've, I'm not sure if I ever want to bet on her. No, so by the way, Muguruza came through today six zero six one in fifty one minutes against fifty one rank in the world French woman Fiona Farrow, uh, yeah. and she won. 75% of the points, 54 points won out of 74 points played. So that was about as dominant a performance as I've seen on grass in a long time. It's impressive. So Muguruza, I like that. I'm going to, yeah, I'm, I got to go scour the market a little bit and see if we can yeah. get a fun price on her. Her draw isn't the worst. Um, there's no, there's draws in women's do- doesn't really even matter that much. It's, it's just yeah, go go just, look at the French. All do you remember that one quarter that opened up? Yeah, it was all of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I was gonna say I didn't even look at the women's. I just played what Alex put me on this morning. So I I, I don't even know this person's first name. Christian. Yeah. Christian, the over and the money line, and oh. I forgot I had the money line. So after she won the second set, or actually when she went to the tiebreaker in the second set i just unstarted on flash score and then later i remembered oh i bet on her too so i went back and it was a nice surprise i like that not sweating a women's match by watching let's, it let's let talk, the flash score take care of it let's just say what do you think of the new flash score starred format i hate it i hate it it's not i great. hate it i hate it. it you mean no you mean on 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 um specifically on, on browser right Right, where they yeah, throw the gym, all the yeah. favorites onto the. I, I, hate I can't it. use it on desktop anymore. It's I phone can't only. Either. Like the new update. Can't awful. either. I hate it. It's terrible. No. I wrote Flash Score like a year ago to, <laughs> to ask for a job because I wanted to do. Uh, I wanted to be the person who does the Flash, like updates it, and they never wrote me back. So their new update, they could have had a better one if they hired me. I want to be the guy who hits the button for big chance. Big chance. Soccer. Yes. Big chance. Big that's, chance is that's, a good one. that's the job. I feel I like that for. button has to be this big. Like just somebody's <laughs> got smacked. Big it. one. That's big chance. That's Red dot. Asked for. I wrote. I. They had an opening. They. Oh my gosh. If, if we're if we're gonna sit here and brainstorm ideas for flash score, like the big the big uh whatever big chance it is for soccer, they should have that for break for oh. Yeah, break break point. Yes. Like there's a big flashing. Like oh, break point. They Shit's they have it. Screen. They have it for hockey. Oh, yeah, I mean that's yeah, nice. it's yeah similar to the soccer stuff. But tennis tennis needs a like oh shit, big flashing red break mm-hmm. point or mm-hmm. match point even. 
It's, yeah, no, I yeah, I I agree. They got to get rid of. They got to go back to the old way. I loved it mm-hmm. when you could organize. You could organize stuff a lot better back then. Now it's a hot mess. It's uh, a I great. Don't, I don't even. I don't website. even star anything anymore. No, I never star anything now because it's just it's not a fun way to. Only on the phone to score. On the phone, yeah. On the phone, I you, only yeah. You I can't do it on the computer anymore. You can still get there better, um, but yeah, I can't do it on the computer either. Mm-hmm. Although, and actually, you know what? Um, there's a. Uh, Bet three six fives live is faster. I've noticed on a couple things, so I started All watching that. Actually, very <laughs> it's very very fast. Yeah, Chris, Christian yeah. though, uh, that was an ugly match. There was the last one of the day, and that was they. Neither of them could even like walk by the end of the match. Well, she was up like five two or five three in the second set, and I went to a tiebreaker. I think she had to serve to go to the tiebreaker, which. I had a cheap 20 and a half, so I needed the tiebreaker. Like 5'7 oh. five, seven, five, seven wouldn't have got me a push. So I'm like, well, this is this is how this goes. So after after it went to 6'6, six, six, I just turned it off. I'm like, I don't need to know. I'm, I'm so sick of this already. Day one of Wimbledon, I'm sick of these women. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll be right back at it. It's okay. not like I, I bet, we met Sam Stoser already. Okay, so we'll look out for yeah. some Muguruza then. Um, any, anyone, I guess you kind of casually said ash barty is the best on grass i feel like a lot of people think that way and i think a lot of it is she should be but i don't know though she never seen her really do it yeah she should be um but we'll see she hasn't been playing i don't she hasn't been playing at all so yeah hard to to know what to expect her injury was serious it was like a hit it looked like an andy murray hip honestly And Andrescu is another player that you just never know what to what to expect. But you know, it's wide. It's so wide open. Uh, I don't know if we'll see the draws open up the same as we did. I could be completely wrong, but I think you're going to see a lot of women older players make pushes, like a lot of Pavlichenkova types. Hmm. And Andrescu is catching a falling knife. Like she's going to, she's going to turn the corner. She's going to play as well as she was at one point. But do you want to be the guy who keeps trying to figure out where that point is, or you know, you might end up losing more money than you make when you there, finally find it. So like, there's a Twitter account has Andrescu pulled out yet? Oh, did you see Joe Conte had to pull out because someone on her team got COVID? Oh, yeah, that's rough. That was tough. she. She's that not been tough. playing no, at all. No, no, no. Like still, you playing. don't. You don't want to see the the hometown gal get. She went to that NC State virus. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's it's Muguruza, <laughs> Serena, and then a whole big drop. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree with you. Okay. Um, both of them are on the bottom half, too, right? Oh, no. Serena's in the top. So that could be your final. That'd be a good final. I hope it be I'm, I'm all for it. I'd be, yeah. I'd be excited. And oh, then I yeah. guess Sabalenka is someone that should be good on grass, too. Yeah. Her power translates well here. Yeah. Yeah. I had heard a lot of people saying she was going to get, you know, at least tested or frustrated against uh, Nicolescu, but she handled her six yeah. one six four fairly no handily. No problem. Um, okay. Well, without going any more into detail, then we'll wrap it up here. Great. Really, really appreciate your time. I guess before we go, though, um, if there's anyone out there who's you know kind of new to grinding in the gambling mm-hmm. space, and they're like, shit, man. I want to learn more about this. I want to know more. Like, what what kind of tip would you give someone who's uh, uh, who wants to be the next Joey Isaac? No, oh, take it. Take take my throne. Uh, I guess <laughs> I guess the thing is, 
there's so there's so many words of advice I could give. Um, I think the first one would just be to just go slow in terms of like accounts. Like you're, it's gonna take a long time. Like just set every account to like $150 a bet and $200 a bet, and and try to just not bet yourself if if you're gonna dedicate yourself to giving accounts to someone and just hope to make like you know slow money but just just get as many accounts at $200 as you can because you are going to see different stuff based on different skins and then yeah. the more you can see the more the more you can get so i wouldn't try for like one big like $15,000 credit account and only see one thing or whatever but i would just try to get 50 small accounts or not 50 a lot, but okay. And, that's, and that's the thing if you have 50 small accounts, you're probably going to be looking like you know, you just said look around for stuff, you're going to find middles and arbitrage and just free money, easy money, like stuff like that, or just like slow moving books, not not yeah. full on like easy path posting shit, maybe, I guess, maybe, truthfully, but maybe a little for the Olympics, but, probably be some. But, I mean, some books that are just slower to move off informational stuff, slower to update future prices or future books if a player pulls out of a golf or tennis tournament. Like, there's the more of those you have, the more stuff like that you'll find, and you're just going to end up with way more plus EV stuff in your long run. I like and it. I think, Don't be greedy. I think that the, the also the best advice I can give is if, if you do want to, like, do this, I guess, whatever, uh, just be, like, I guess not not be a sponge, but just be, like, on top of, like, paying someone and, like, get in, like, someone's, like, every – just be organized, and you'll end up being able to network. Well. Yeah, that makes total sense. Like, oh, pay great, on time. Great, great, great tip. And, yeah, there it is, I guess. I love it. And if you want a big score, go after, like, a casino, like, like uh, you know, in, in set up, like, a, a, a good – uh, card counting scam and uh, try to take uh, a casino for a couple million. And if you're going to go big, yeah, definitely. <laughs> easily, you can always you can always count cards. Yeah, yeah, okay, all right, fair enough. So no, don't be greedy with your accounts. That's that that's a uh, that's good advice. And the networking thing, shoot, man, that goes for anything in the sports betting space. Um, yeah, yeah, I think that's that's the most underrated you know. thing. Is like you can, and I hate to say the word like social climb, but like. You can network your way to like smarter and smarter people, and if you if you're just like a good decent person who is not annoying, who's not just asking <laughs> for plays every minute of the day, and yeah, because most people are, I would say this, most people who bet sports are you know they're they, they're they're alone, they're alone on their computer all day and they like to chat, so like you can you can you can definitely, and they're quick responders. I think. One person once told me, he goes, have you ever seen a sports better? Have you ever texted a sports better? They reply in five seconds. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it's because their 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 phone is right next to their computer, which is they're always on and like bouncing back and forth. Like they yeah, saw exactly. your message come through. So, like, yeah, if they don't respond, you need to send like a search party. Exactly. So I think that's just just you know. Oh, it's great bad. tips, man. Great so. tips. Uh, well, enjoy the rest of this fortnight. Um, yeah, best of luck to you. Yeah, and uh, I know you got some tennis matches that you were playing for for high stakes in the coming months. So yeah, me and uh, best of luck. Me and Haru, me and Haru are getting a match going. <laughs> we're gonna both post, post videos, and uh, someone's gonna set a line, and uh, I, I don't know exactly. 
I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. By all means, give 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 me the heads up. I'll give you a fair price. No. Yeah, if you're watching this, yeah, uh, he might fly out. Bet on me. (laughs) I'll give you a fair price. I won't make you too much of a favorite, so we can't get you get down some some decent bets. Oh my god! What a sweetheart! Holy shit! What a sweet pup! Look at that. All right, best of luck, man. All right, guys, thank you so much. Andy, I'm thanks a lot for your time, man. All right, crank the music. Yep. Dog, really, so excited for attention. That was awesome. My front door has one of those handle styles. Yeah. We don't have a screen door. My my German Shepherd figured out how to open the front door. He knows how to get it in. Yeah, we had to train her. We had to do a little training, like. Well, you can't, like you say, we're not cooling the outdoors. AC's on. Like, the dog doesn't care. Kids don't even care about that.